Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Morning, 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 morning. It's great to be back. Um, thank you for those who've prayed for us with 62 of us in a, a bit of a soggy field in Stafford. Um, it was good. Those who went, did we have a good time? Okay, uh, obviously not that good, but hey. Well, it's great to, to be back. It's great to be here. And even though it's the holidays, it's great to see so many here this morning when a lot are away. Um, but I want to ask you this morning, what is your main character trait? If there's one thing that people might know you as, you know, those closest to you even, okay, husbands and wives um, and uh, parents and children, what would it be? What would your main character trait be? You know, it might be kind. Yeah, anyone think that they're kind? No? Oh, oh Liz, Liz Ridgway, you're kind, that's good. Uh, generous, similar thing. Maybe it's jolly. I once went to a Starbucks in an airport, and you know how they ask you for your name? And I said, it's Johnny, and I got my cup back at the end, and it said, jolly. I thought, that's quite good, isn't it? You know, and they were just shouting, jolly, jolly. I'm like, that's me, obviously me. I've got my Starbucks, I'm quite happy now, that's fine. Maybe it's always positive. You know, maybe it's nothing's ever too much. You know, nothing's ever too much trouble. Yeah? Or maybe it's uh, something not quite so positive. We don't go there, hey? But maybe it's something not quite so positive. I had a, a youth leader. The reason I believe that I uh, grew as a Christian and grew as somebody who could do the things that God has asked me to do is because when I was very young, there was a man called John. And he never stopped smiling, you know? His main character tra trait was, go on, Johnny, you know? Even when I was 12 and he asked me to perhaps share something on a weekend away, I'd share something probably that was a bit naff, and he'd be like, go on, Johnny, you know? Or if I played football on Boxing Day when it was cold and wet and, and rainy, he'd be like, go on, Johnny. And that was, his, that was his reputation. He was somebody who spurred me on. And I can remember actually at my grandma's funeral, I was asked to sing. And uh, it, obviously it's an emotional thing singing, but I was fine until as I'm halfway through the song, I see John on the back row just beaming at me. And that made me just fall apart a little bit. Because this guy, and even now, he'll message me occasionally on Facebook going, go on, Johnny. And that is his character trait. He is one who just says, go on, Johnny. And, you know, this week I've had some lovely messages from my son, I'm from Joseph Docker because I've played with them and I've been so encouraged. They've been saying things that I'm sure aren't true, but they have been building me up and saying really nice things. And I felt like I was walking on cloud nine, yeah? Because it's brilliant. Why? Because that's what encouragement does. That is what encouragement does. And as Christians, our trait has got to be to encourage one another to encourage one another, to build one another up, to strengthen. Today, we've been doing our series on sidekicks. A sidekick is somebody who gives support to another. Usually somebody who's more important. So think of Robin with Batman, you know? That's probably the only one I can think of right now. But anyway, but Robin with Batman, he wasn't the important one, was he? But he was there, he was there, stood by him. He was bigging him up. And sidekicks, we are called to be sidekicks of the king. 
You know, sidekicks of the king, people who will support and big up and lift up his name with the sound of singing. Lift up his name with our lives. Lift up his name with all that we do. So we're going to look at a man this morning called Barnabas. Barnabas wasn't his name, but that's what he was called. His actual name was Joseph, but he was called Barnabas. Why was he called Barnabas? Because Bar meant son of... So I would be Bar George, son of George, okay? Sounds like a club that the street angels would stand outside, doesn't it? But Bar George. Bar Nabus, son of encouragement. In other words, I'm George Harrison's son, not the Beatle, okay? When it was announced on the radio George Harrison had died, I did phone him just to check that it was okay. But anyway, I am the son of George Harrison, so I'm Mr. Harrison. This guy was called Son of Encouragement, so effectively he was Mr. Encouragement. You know, anyone remember Mr. Motivator? Yeah, yeah, okay, guy on morning television who encouraged us all to get into Lycra and do exercise. Mr. Motivator's main aim in life was to motivate you. Mr. Encouragement's main aim is to encourage. How good would it be to be known as Mr. Encouragement? How good would that, or Mrs. Encouragement, let's not be uh, sexist. Mr. Encouragement or Mrs. Encouragement, what if that was your nickname? I'd love it to be mine. I'd love it to be mine. Let's read what the Bible has to say about Barnabas. His name was his nickname because it was his main trait. What would our nickname be? What would ours be? Acts chapter 4, and we're going to read from verses 32 to 37. I'm going to read this one off the screen because I appear to have the wrong version. We'll see. Okay. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. Wow! God's power was at work in them all and there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. That is the first mention of Barnabas, that he sold something that was precious to him, something that was personal to him. He gave it and laid it down for the good of others. How encouraging is that? He was Mr. Encouragement. You know, I've explained before with nicknames that I, I got called Gladys at school, okay? And I've said before that that's because I looked a little bit like Ruth Maddock, those older people, Heidi High Campers, Obviously, it's very difficult to see now because my hair's pink these days. Um, I was encouraged this week to check for nits after Soul Survivor. I've tried, I can't find any. Um, first, I had to search for the hair, but hey. But wouldn't it be great to have Mr. Encouragement? What if your nickname was Mr. or Mrs. Gloomy? Is that a good one? But sometimes that might be what people see. What about Mr. or Mrs. Annoying? It's not a very nice nickname, is it? But sometimes that might be what people see. Mr. and Mrs. Mona, not Moana, that's different. Mr. and Mrs. Mona, Mona Lisa, you know, 
That's not a pleasant nickname to have, is it? But if that is our overriding character trait, then maybe that becomes our nickname. We've all perhaps been in situations at school or college or work where people have developed a nickname that's negative. That doesn't happen by chance, does it? It happens because often it's the main thing that people see. If you're a Christian this morning, you have the love of God right in your heart. You have the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control of God and his spirit right at your center. And yet so many of us might be known as Miss, Mrs. Mona, Mr. Mona, Mr. Complainer, Mr. Critical. Why are we not willing to be encouraging? No, Mr. Encouragement. You know, sidekicks encourage. How did Barnabas encourage in the first place? He encouraged with generosity. Generosity. You know, isn't it something? I, I this morning have been encouraged by somebody who's listened to me speak, and I have mentioned before that I really like Biscoff. Okay? Yeah, I really like Biscoff spread. That's why I've got this belly, okay? And I mentioned that actually there was a recipe on Facebook for Biscoff caramel slice, and somebody this morning has made it and brought me a piece. The diet starts tomorrow, okay? It's in the fridge. If it's gone, there'll be trouble, okay? But sidekicks encourage generosity. Do you know when that person did that? I was just like, wow. They've listened to what I've said. No. <laughs> I hope they've taken more away from what we talk about on a Sunday morning than the fact that I like Biscoff, okay? Although that's quite important. It's not who I am. I'm not Mr. Biscoff, okay? If I mention it enough times, I might get a sponsorship deal, but who knows? But Barnabas sold his field. He gave something massive. You know, a field isn't a small piece of land, is it? A field is a big, open expanse. And he gave that in its completeness, in its wholeness. And what did he do with it? Did he go and say, you need to spend this how I tell you to? No. He laid it down at the apostles' feet. And he said, take this and use it for God's glory, not mine. Mr. Encouragement. You know, as I planned this talk, I thought about the actual word. I don't know if you've ever looked at the actual word encouragement and thought where its roots are. You know, its roots are French. Anyone here particularly good at French? Francis, are you in? No, no. French. Jeff, oh, flipping heck, Jeff, Chad. If I get this wrong, I'm in trouble. Jeff taught French at the Sixth Form College, for those of you who are visiting, okay? What does on mean, Jeff? In. Okay, so on means in. And couragement, do you know what that means? Or courage? Yeah, bravery, boldness. It's strength as well is, is another one. So the word encouragement literally means to put in strength. Okay? So Mr. Encouragement was somebody who put in strength. Was it his own strength? No. It was God's strength in him that he passed on. He put in strength for everything he does. So when we encourage and build up with our words and with our actions, we are literally putting in strength. We are literally putting in strength. We are making somebody perhaps a bit bolder. We're making somebody perhaps a little bit more courageous. I might start asking for other cakes and pies to be made and see what happens. Okay? We're putting in strength, making somebody courageous. So discouragement or maybe criticism, let's call it that, is actually the ob opposite, means to weaken, to make somebody more timid. You know, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, it says. He's not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of shyness. He has given us a spirit of love, 
power and a sound mind. And when we encourage, we help to strengthen what God has put in. We help to water and nourish. He has not made us timid. I'm going to talk about two people who aren't here because then they're not going to get embarrassed. Jake. Most of you know Jake. He's the one who sometimes shouts from up there and and tells us off. But actually, I want to say Jake is an amazing young man. He's an amazing young man because when this building was just bought, he came almost every hour that he had awake and was stripping wires and demolishing things. Some things he perhaps shouldn't have demolished. But he was coming, he was doing things, he was giving his time. He wasn't giving a field, he was giving his time in order to encourage us. When he comes on a Sunday morning, he's often the first here, he's doing the sound. When he plays in the worship band, he's willing to play his guitar. He often locks up, he's often one of the last ones here. All these things, I could go and go and go more. Are there any bad points about Jake? Oh, sorry, I wasn't looking at his dad for any reason. Do you know, yes, there are. Because all of us have points that aren't great. But if we'd have focused all his life on saying, Jake, that's not good enough. Jake, why have you done that? Jake, why have you done that? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Do you think he'd be doing what he's doing now? Do you think he would have grown and strengthened into the young man he's become? No. Why has it happened? Because he's been encouraged. He's had strength put into him. Sometimes we need to take a little bit of it away, but he's got strength put into him. And because he's had strength put into him, he's willing to listen, he's willing to learn, he's willing to change, and he has grown. Take Manny. Many of you know Manny, who sometimes plays the synth, sometimes plays the saxophone. Manny is a young man who came to Barrow at 16 from London. He came to work at BAE. He didn't know where Barrow was. He just came for an interview and then realized where Barrow was in conjunction to London. It's not very close. 16, he came and he, he came along to some of our youth things, and actually now he runs our youth band. So when our youth-led service happens on the first Sunday evening of the month, Manny has had a massive input into that with the young people. And the first time they played with Simon and Rebecca and Thea, the first time they played, it wasn't the best worship music ever. But do you think we went up to them and went, guys, thanks for trying, but never again? No, because 12 months later, with time, with encouragement, with perseverance, and with strength being put into them, that youth band are incredibly good at worshipping and leading worship. And those of us who come on the first Sunday evening of the month, we encourage them by being here. And we show them that we want to be led into God's presence by them. That is encouragement. Where we say, yeah, okay, the service might not, I might not get as much out of it as I might like, but actually I'm going to go and encourage those young people. I'm going to go and stand and I'm going to praise Jesus and I'm going to show them how actually what they're doing makes a difference. Manny, has he got any weak points? Yeah. But do you know, if we focused on those, we'd be discouraging. We'd be knocking down. God calls us to be Mr. and Mrs. Encouragement. Or Miss. Let's not marry everybody off. I did think when Donna did a wow moment, actually, it was a wow, there was a single man and a single mother of three. I'm thinking, is this like blind dates? Are we, are we, is it a wow because we've got them together? Who knows? <laughs> Obviously not. But Jake, you know, I could say he's committed. He's faithful. He's servant-hearted. Goes the extra mile. Plays his guitar. Gives lifts to people. Does sound. Tries to correct mistakes when he's made them. Let's build up and encourage the good that we see. 
You might say, but there's a but. There's a but. Get rid of the buts. Get rid of the buts. Yeah, if you're close enough to have built a relationship with somebody where they accept constructive comment and feedback, that's one thing. But let's get rid of the buts. Not just from what we say, but from what we think. Let's be sons and daughters of encouragement. Let's be people who build up, not knock down. Let's be people who do what Jesus did. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples who really, on the surface of it, were not great. <laughs> they put the foot in the mouth. They were terrorists. They were all sorts of things. They were tax collectors. They were the, the worst of the worst. But the early church was built on a rock that the gates of hell would not prevail against. Why? Because Jesus encouraged them. He said, come and do. Come with me. Follow me. Come on the journey. Yeah, you'll let me down, but you know, I'm still going to restore you. I love you. I love you. Encouragement has courage at the hearts. You know, it's easy and cheap to discourage. It's easy and cheap to criticize. Let's be bold in our encouragement. Let's have courage in the middle of our encouragement. Let's really say, guys... You're doing a great job. Let's really be encouraging to strengthen. You know, I've often likened it to a baby walking. Those of you in this room who've had babies, um, when they walk, they take that first step. What do you do? Yeah, cheer. Nowadays, it's on social media. You'll be filming it. You know, I know there's grandparents in this room who saw that baby take a first step before the children, didn't they? You know, and actually, it's an amazing thing, isn't it, when a baby takes a step and then it falls on its bum, doesn't it? Do we spend all the time going, you stupid baby, why have you fallen on your bum? <laughs> you stupid, fancy falling on your bottom. Come on, I've taught you. I've, I've taught you to put one foot in front of the other. Come on, what are you playing at? Why on earth are you falling on your bottom again? I've shown you how to do it. You've been here for 12 months now. Come on, get a grip. <laughs> we laugh, but you know what? We treat adults that way. When somebody falls down, the Bible tells us we've got to pick them up. When somebody... When somebody struggles, we've got to walk alongside them. A baby walking and taking steps, we say, yes. And you know, when you step out for God, when you step out in those first ways, I believe God, like a dad, is going, yes, get in there. He's sharing it on heavenly Facebook. He's sharing it on heavenly Twitter and all those other things because he's saying, get in. Because once you take one step, you'll then take two, then you'll take three, then you'll take four. If you take one step and fall and somebody says, well, that was a load of rubbish, wasn't it? Then you, chances are you might not ever take one step ever again. Is that any good? No. Does the discouragement come from God? No, it tends to come from us. It comes from a critical heart, a place that says, you know, it's not good. So who was Barnabas a sidekick to? This Mr. Encouragement. Saul had been targeting disciples. He'd been going around arresting Christians. He'd been going challenging them. And he was targeting these Jesus followers when he met Jesus on the Damascus road. You know, Saul's nickname would have been the Terminator. Okay? He wasn't Mr. Encouragement. He was, I'm going to lock him up and stop this before it goes anywhere. And then we see this, Acts chapter 9. After his Damascus Road experience... The scales fell from his eyes. Acts chapter 9, verses 19 to 28 say this. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. That's amazing, isn't it, that? At once. He's only just become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and at once, he's sharing his faith. Don't think because you're only new to this that you've got to stay in the background. Ask God what he wants you to do and do it. 
I want to encourage you. Obviously, I'm not going to encourage somebody who, who, who hasn't got that gift, but actually, I want to encourage you to do something for him. Saul, at once, God fills us, and he didn't need to go to college or training. He just shared his experience. Verse 21, all those who heard him were astonished and said, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to make them prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. This was a man who was totally against Jesus, proving that Jesus was the Messiah. Wow. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. He was on the run. He was on the run from people like him. He'd become the terminated rather than the terminator. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. Can you see, sometimes the church doesn't accept people who are God's people. Saul was going to become one of the most influential people in the beginning of the church, and yet the disciples were afraid of him and were like, and you can understand why they were afraid of him. There's good reason to be afraid of him for what he's been doing, but he's a changed man. Who stood up for him? But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. There was fruit and there was evidence of what God has done in his life. There was fruit and there was evidence of what God was doing in his life. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly, with courage. Why? Because he was being encouraged. Who by? Barnabas, Mr. Encouragement. Mr. Encouragement. Barnabas takes Saul into a place where he was feared and stands up for him. Do you know, sometimes aligning ourselves with other people can be difficult. But we need to be stood together. Every person in this room that loves Jesus as saviour is part of our family. Every single person in this place who says, yeah, I have decided that Jesus died for me. And I want to accept him into my life. And I want to follow him and live for him. Every single person is part of the same family. And we're called to be united. We're called to stand together. We might not agree on everything. But we're called to stand together. But it can be difficult to stand together. Because often it can be God's people themselves that knock down and criticize. Let's not be a church that's known for that. Let's be a church that's full of encouragers, a church that's full of encouragement. You know, Barnabas does that. He stands with Paul and shows what encouragement is to strengthen even when it's not easy to do. The whole of this church, we're against Saul. He's been going arresting them. We're scared of him. But one man comes alongside him and says, no, no, no. He's part of the family. Welcome him. He's part of the family. Welcome him. And what's the result of that welcome? What's the result of that encouragement? He preaches boldly. He shares his faith with power in God's strength. Acts chapter 11, verses 22 to 24 is another bit of Barnabas. It says this, News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, what did he do? He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, 
full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Do you know, encouragement is important, and we need to encourage the right things. Anyone who used to enjoy watching X Factor before it went a bit rubbish, there were people often who'd been encouraged by their family to go and audition, and it was very clear they couldn't sing. So maybe sometimes we shouldn't encourage things just because we've got to be encouragers. We find the thing that is good and we share it and we, we bless it and we nurture it and we say, yes, more Lord. We don't just encourage for sake of encouragement. We say, let's choose the good. Let's, let's big up the good. You know, I had a, a teacher colleague of mine when I was a teacher who everyone told her she couldn't sing. And I have to say, there were parts of me that probably agreed with that. But I said, you know, it's, there is a voice there. It just sounded, every time she sang a song, it sounded like she was singing Crazy by Patsy Cline. Didn't matter what song it was. She sounded like she was singing the wrong one. But she booked singing lessons because she was determined to show everyone that she was going to do this. Just before her first singing lesson, the teacher died. So sadly, either the teacher already knew something and thought, there's only one way out. <laughs> or actually... Maybe it was just a case of, it was, a, it was a sign saying, no, actually, this isn't for you. And she never took singing lessons. I'm sorry, I shouldn't joke about things like that. But she never took singing lessons. Do you know, encouragement isn't just about not saying the difficult things. It isn't about just not saying the difficult things. It's about seeing the good and nurturing it. It's about seeing the best and watering it. This week at Soul Survivor, Andy Croft at Naturally Supernatural, sorry, Used an illustration, if you put soil in a pot, can anything grow? Not really. It has to have a seed in there. And once you put a seed in the pot, you can water it, you can nurture it, and eventually that seed will grow. Yeah? So what is the seed that is in our life that needs watering? What is the seed that we see in other people's life that we can nurture, that we can water, that we can encourage, that we can pour into? Because we need to encourage Mr. Encouragement stood by Paul. He was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit. What was the result of this encouragement? Being a good guy, full of Holy Spirit. Lots of people turned to the Lord. As a church, we want to be working in this community. We want to see people's lives transformed, yeah? Yeah? I know there are people in this room whose lives have been transformed and are being transformed by God. And it can only be God. It can only be by him because it's not enough in their own strength. This morning, we have access to a God who encourages us. A God who says to you and me, I love you, no matter what your past is. A God says to you and me, I sent my son for you, and if it was just you, I'd have still sent him. A God who says, I was willing to give the best of me in order to save your life. Jesus' death and resurrection is the thing that enables us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is the thing that enables us to come close to God, is the thing that enables us to have life to the full. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you haven't got God, I'm not condemning you, I'm just saying you're missing out. I want to encourage you that there is better in store, that there is more in store. I want to encourage you and give you strength, knowing that actually I couldn't stand here at the front if it hasn't been for the strength that I have in God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so can you. But we have to go near. We have to accept. And we have to say thank you. And we have to say sorry. People turned to God because they were encouraged. Wouldn't that be a story in Barrow? 
Would that be a story if when we encourage and we step out and give boldness to people and give strength to people, we see streets and houses and families and individuals becoming Christ's? That's what we're here for. Not here just to sing nice songs on a Sunday. I want to finish by reading a verse in Hebrews, or two verses in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 13 say this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, not just once a week, daily, as long as it is called today. Why should we encourage one another? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encouragement is a prescription. If you go to the doctors and get tablets, you look at the prescription and it says, do this three times a day, yeah? This verse here tells us we're to do this in order to act against an infection. Some of you who are old enough might remember the adverts for Domestos Bleach, okay? Domestos Bleach used to have a bottle and used to slam it down and go, Domestos kills all known germs dead, okay? My brother, you did that once in somebody else's house because he'd seen the advert and smashed the cistern lid. So it kills the cistern lid as well. But Domestos kills all known germs dead. Encouragement kills off sin's deceitfulness. Strengthening other people stops their heart from hardening to God. So when we criticize, we weaken that resolve. When we discourage, we knock it down, we, dis we get rid. You know, the author of Hebrews is unknown. It used to be thought it was Paul, but they're not certain. But wouldn't it be interesting that he's recognized that encouragement is the most important thing. And he prescribes encouragement. And with this, I finish. He prescribes encouragement. Why? Because it stops people turning away from God. It stops people hardening their hearts towards what God wants to do. And it, do you know, the difficulty is, with a prescription, there's always side effects, isn't there? Yeah? Some of them are a bit scary. Well, some of these side effects are a bit scary because encouragement is prescribed, but the side effects are that you might, might, you might smile. If you're encouraged, hey, thanks. Steve is my new John Cardwell. <laughs> Encouragement has a side effect because it might make you smile. You know, when Donna's leading worship and people are looking like they'd rather, you know, we sing there's no place I'd rather be. Sometimes there's every place I'd rather be, it looks like, on some people's faces. We can encourage our worship group by actually responding. We can encourage other people by responding in the right way. The side effects might make you smile. The side effects are that it's infectious. Once you start doing it, you can't stop. And once you encourage somebody else, guess what? They've got to encourage someone else as well. And the last side effect is it'll make a huge difference to you and to your community. I want to ask you this morning, do you want to be known as Mr. or Miss or Mrs. Encouragement? Because if you do, you just have to say, fill me, Lord. You have to say, fill me. And you have to recognize that it's in his strength, not your own. Let's pray.